0: Hey guys, for anyone who is working from home, either managing a team of people like I am, or maybe you're a solopreneur and you're working from home during this time, or maybe you work for a company that has you social distancing and doing your work virtually, today's episode is for you. We made the decision a little over a week ago to have our entire team, that's about 60 people, all work virtually and that's not something we've ever done before so i reached out to one of my best friends amy porterfield and i asked her what the heck I am supposed to do? How do you manage a team? How do you do all the things? And also, how do you stay productive when you could like really easily go in your room and take a nap because you're working from home? And since Amy has managed a team virtually for years, she had all the answers. So today's episode is our conversation, which I hope gives you a ton of insight and also is a really authentic, raw discussion between two friends who are entrepreneurs in this time period. I hope that it is helpful. I hope you enjoy it. And like always, I would super appreciate it if you would screenshot today's episode, if you liked it and put it on social, tag me, tag Amy and tell us what you thought. All right, here's the conversation with Amy Porterfield. I'm Rachel Hollis and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise podcast. It's such a crazy time because normally you would say like, "Oh, I'm going through this crazy thing at work, but in 10 days it'll be done." Right. And that's what's tripping
1: me out is I'm like, "I have no idea when this is done." It's scary. That part's scary. And for sure, I want to keep telling my audience, like, of course I'm scared. Of course I'm nervous. And if I'm not in action, I literally will go to a dark place for a moment. Like,
0: right? 100%. Like yesterday, you know, because I was texting you, I was having (laughs) a not great day. And I literally, it just felt like I just hit a point where I was like, I have made 10,000 decisions a day for the last 10 days. And I feel like I'm going to have a breakdown. And so I thought I'm going to go, I literally just want to like zone out and like scroll social media, which is what I would normally do to just like, Oh, let me go look at pretty pictures and watch stupid videos. Yeah. The problem is that in this season with every like pretty picture and stupid video, you're also going to see stuff about the world. And it just, The answer I can say for sure was not what I did yesterday. That was not the answer. Um, So I won't do that again. I won't go like, oh, I'm going to chill out in my bed and like scroll. Nope. That for sure is not the right choice right now.
1: But I love that you're like, and of course this is you, you're being honest and you always are open with your whole audience about everything. But I love that you're like, and I did that. I did that. And that's not the answer. It's <laughs> not the
0: answer. I literally put myself to bed early, like a toddler. Aww. I was just like, all right. You ever have those times where you're like PMSing, and you're just like, you know what I need? I'm going to go to bed early and I need to sleep yes. a lot and yes. wake up tomorrow, and I'll be better. Um, And I got up this morning back on routine, 5 a.m., did my typical morning routine, did a really hard workout just to, like, get my mind right, because I think we're going to have to, all of us, cling to the certainty of the habits that we know work and that we can do inside the walls of our home.
1: Okay, so let me ask you something really quick since we're on this topic. The fact that we don't know how long this is going to last for, like, how do you wrap your head around that?
0: I don't even try.
1: Yeah, good point. I,
0: I don't think it's helpful for any of us to go when and how and whatever. I think especially from a business perspective, I am just planning for worst case scenario in every situation. Yeah. And I think that my team, honestly, I think my team might think I'm a little crazy right now because they know. So my thing is cash reserves. I've talked about this a ton. And I believe in I'm super conservative with cash and I always have it on hand. And so I keep saying like, we're safe, but I want us to act like we're not. Because if we don't act like we're not what happens if six months from now, we're not safe anymore. Yeah. And we didn't like I really think as business owners, the worst thing you can do right now is wait and see. I I totally agree. I think you got to do something. You got to make moves. You got to figure it out because I am already, I don't know if you're seeing this, but I am already seeing business owners I know who are like, this is going to ruin me. Yes. Have you, have you seen that Oh, a hundred
1: percent. And they're all doom and gloom. And, and this is a little controversial for some people, but I also see people that think they just need to give everything they have away for free. I'm like, uh, that is not going to help our economy.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I think that you have to like how, 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 how. And look, I really take it very seriously that I have a staff of people like when I when you hire someone, you're giving them your word that you are going to do everything that you can as the owner to have a company that will be there so that they have a job. Yep. And so, I mean, I don't know this, the whole thing is crazy. So it's like immediately my brain went into the mode of how do I just make it as safe as possible? Because there are people counting on me to be able to pay their rent. Like I've always said that, like, oh, they're paying their rent or their car payment. But more than ever, I, I, I maybe sound, I don't know, I, this maybe sounds like doom and gloom, but this to me is a reality. This is going to eviscerate the economy. Yeah, it will. I, I, I it just will. You are already no seeing it. it. Can't we're already seeing it. There's no way that it can't. There's no way that it like. I. It doesn't mean we can't come back. It doesn't mean there aren't silver linings. It doesn't mean that there aren't because there are companies right now who are doing the best they've ever done yes. because they happen to be in the right industry. Yes. But this will. People will lose so many jobs will be lost. So many companies will close down. Like that's not me being a fear monger. That just is.
1: Okay. But here's Um, a twist I have to that. So with so many companies shutting down and people losing their jobs I believe, and you know, I teach people how to build businesses online. So I believe Mm -hmm. if we continue to find new ways to put offers out there that resonate and relate to people, and we're very compassionate about where people are right now, Mm -hmm. we can sustain during this time so that we can eventually hire the people that need jobs.
0: Oh, I am in 1 million percent agreement. I feel like we are so... Freaking lucky that we have companies that can happen virtually. Because what I'm hearing from my community all over the place is like, I'm an optometrist. What do I do? I own a coffee shop. What do I do? I own a salon. What do I do? And I am like, oh my gosh, it's so hard because it's not to say that there aren't ways to navigate. But if the bulk of your business requires you to literally be in physical proximity to someone else, or if you have a luxury business, meaning you sell things that every single person doesn't need and the economy tanks, well, suddenly people will cling harder than ever to their funds. So the fact that like you and I are so freaking lucky, we we have a business that can be virtual. And I think that now more than ever, like how do you figure out? I mean, the joke is like this is not even what our podcast is about. I, know, I know. But for, if you're listening to this right now, at really truly ask yourself, how can I make my business virtual? And don't don't say like, oh, well, it's not possible. Like freaking figure out a way, because I think that if you can't figure out how to make some part of your revenue stream digital right now and something that people can access online. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for you.
1: I agree. And, and I think yep. that it's really tough to say this. And we're, I think you and I would both agree, we're not sugarcoating any of this. You mm-hmm. may need to make a total pivot. And that Absolutely. sucks. Like what yep. a bummer. And what's your alternative? Like yep. y- you might need to make a total pivot.
0: Luxury is meant to be livable Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right Immediately, like already, we we are not pivoting out of what we do, but we fully pivoted out of how we structured our company, which is why I wanted to talk to you today. So yeah. just so I mean, I we started out this conversation were two friends who are entrepreneurs who are just sort of talking about the realities. But I asked Amy to come on the podcast today because Amy has always had a team that's virtual. Yeah. So first of all, will you explain what that means?
1: Yes. So I have always had my team in other parts of the world, usually just the US, but all over the US. And the only way that we work together is online through video conferencing and through different channels to do instant messaging and to get on a cell phone. But there are people on my team that for over a year or two, I work with them and never met them in person. And so that's That's how we do business, Amazing, right?
0: So amazing. And the thing is, I had I made the decision last week, feels like it's been 10 months, but I made the decision last week that we would um, go to a virtual office, we felt like that was in the safest interest of our team, for everyone to not be in a space together. So about 60 employees uh, gathered up their laptops and and, and wow. cleaned up their desk and and went home and I fully cried my eyeballs out. Um, you one, did. I, it broke my heart. Oh, so upset because I think the the God's honest truth is I knew what I think a lot of people don't realize, which is I don't know when we're all going to be in the same space again. Yep. And that made me really sad because being in the same building and getting to come into work each day with these employees is literally my favorite part of the job my yeah. favorite part is them and the community and the culture that we have together and and man we're killing it on slack and we're having Zoom <laughs> dance parties and you know we're doing themed outfits the today's theme was like bright colors <laughs> like they're already jumping in on the culture but I just it made me sad. And then the other reason honestly was it freaked me out. Like I know as a leader, I know how to lead people by having our meetings and stopping by someone's desk. And so I was like, after I stopped crying, I was like, Amy, I need you to walk me through everything, you know, about how to be productive, working from home and also how to lead a team virtually. Yes. And and then I was like, well, shoot, can we put it on the podcast? Cause I'm for sure not the only leader who's, who's wondering about this right now. So what can you tell us that you've learned over the last, however
1: many years, a long time of doing it this way? Okay. So I'm so glad we're talking about this so needed right now. And But when Rachel first asked me about this, one of the things I said was, well, there's two perspectives here. One as a business owner, which we're going to talk about right now, but also one just as somebody who's never worked virtual and was just asked to go home and work. And that's a whole different ballgame. So I, I know we're going to touch on both. But as a business owner, I think one of the biggest things for me was to make sure that I set expectations not to be the person who is laying down the law and having tons of rules. But people need to be led right now, and they're going home and not really sure what you expected them or how much they should be showing up or how to show up. And so we have always had tools in place to help us with expectations. And you already mentioned a few, but I think we need to start kind of at the top with a little structure here. And as a business owner, I subscribe to three tools I could not live without. Number one would be Zoom. Zoom, Skype, whatever you want to use. But you guys have to be showing your face. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not enough just for them to hear you, they need to see you and you need to see them as a business owner as well. And so you guys are killing it with that game because not only are you doing all your meetings on Zoom, you're having fun on Zoom as well, which we could talk about the culture too, but You got to get some kind of video conferencing in place and make sure everyone knows how to use it, know how to log in, like how to do it, because it's important. Number two, we use Asana. So you and I have talked about this before, but it's A-S-A-N-A. It's a project management tool. It's not the only one. There's tons like Trello and Basecamp and Monday. There's other ones, and they're not very expensive. So you can look into them, but it's a project management tool where all the projects have to go online and they have to be managed. Like who's doing them? What are the deadlines? What's going on with all of that? Because where you could walk up to somebody's desk and be like, what are you doing with this campaign right now? Like, where is it? Those conversations no longer happen organically. We need to be tracking them somewhere. So what do you think about this whole online management of all the action items and stuff like that?
0: Well, so I will be honest. My team loves asana. I am not super well versed with it, but I was like, I am going to become an asana champion.
1: We called it an asana um, ninja.
0: Okay, I'm asana <laughs> I would really like to be that. I and by the way, you guys, this is not a sponsored. No, podcast. no. I know we're mentioning a lot of brands. We're literally just telling you what we like to use. Yeah. Um. So I went on the very first day that I was here working out of the house, and I made a like. our key objectives and our milestones so that all of my leaders would know these are the five things that we work on because my biggest fear with everybody being at home is that I would have 60 people rowing in 30 different directions So it's like, if I can say these are the five objectives and I don't care what you did before, if you are not working on one of these five things, you are doing something wrong. Yes. So that was a huge shift for us. And I, we have a weekly, um, we've always had a weekly, we call it Hoco combo. So we have a weekly team meeting and at weekly team meeting, which happened on zoom, I presented them with the five objectives and I presented them with the new um, like task forces. So basically the new groups that were working against each of those objectives. And the crazy thing was people are working on something. They've never worked before they're in teams. They've never been on before. All of a sudden they're reporting to a leader. They've never like everything changed. Yes. And it was, it has to, it has to, it has to, because we needed, I basically took like, okay, who are the leaders who can do, who's the creative, who's the project manager, put them together and now give them a group. It was almost like I'm a teacher and I was trying to make even teams for like kickball where nobody could have, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like everybody could have, you know, fair representation on the team that they're on. Yeah. Um,
1: but okay. (laughs) I love that you, said that you put out those initiatives and said like this is what we're doing because it just made me think of something i also have started to do something especially in this climate where i am making short videos for my team saying okay guys here's where we're at here's what i'm thinking or hey guys we're making a lot of pivots i bet that stresses you out here's how i want you to think about this i think we have to manage our team's mindset through videos like that or through meetings like that as well. So I've been showing up more on video right now for my team because like you just did, they need to hear from you. They need direction right now.
0: Totally. And I'm also going to say for those of you who are listening at home, real talk, I am working at home with a toddler. So there's a toddler outside my door crying Oh. um, that we're all going to pretend is not there. Uh, (laughs) Daddy will help her and I will not be the one. This is real life. Oh, man. Like now in our real world, um, so I'll, you know, I'll be honest, like how, how I said it to them was I was super serious and I feel like it's important for leaders to be honest and candid with our teams. They're responsible enough to responsible and mature enough to understand. So I just said, look, this is where we're at. Also, this is how much it costs to run this company every single month. So it doesn't matter how many millions of dollars I have set aside in cash, we can burn through it if we are not intentional. Yes. And so you need to understand that we are fighting for something here. We are fighting to come through this and still be resilient and strong and still have everybody on this team together because what I, I I'm I think you were you did the same thing. I'm not sure but Did you have a business in two thousand eight, two thousand nine?
1: I had just started in two thousand nine. So I wasn't (laughs) affected by this. Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) So my thing is I have I had a high end event planning company in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So and if you're like, whoa, you know, I didn't know people were, you know, planning high end events in oh eight, they weren't. That's (laughs) the point. I have navigated a company through a recession before. And so I know what it is like to have to lay people off. I know what it's like to not have enough money like This is serious. And so I basically just said that not in a way to freak them out. Like I said it from a like, let's get pumped up. Good. Let's get fired up. Let's take this challenge. We are smart and we are strong. And if we work together, we can do anything. But I was really serious with them about how important this was. And. At, you know, they've been great. Like they've been so great. People immediately jumped into their new teams. Like started sharing their enneagram numbers. How are we going to do this thing?
1: So. <laughs> I love it. I think that's. I think everybody listening that has a team, if you haven't addressed them with this is how we're going to pivot, uh, it's time. Like they, you need a state of the union kind of address for Hope. your team. Yeah,
0: well, I think as leaders, they want to know that we have a plan. Yes, and, you know. Real, like, I don't know if, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but so one of my favorite books ever, I've talked about it a million times and it's never been more relevant than it is right now is a book called the hard thing about hard things.
1: Okay. I and did not know about this book. How do I not know this? The hard thing about hard things. Oh
0: my gosh. It's one of my favorites ever. It's a business book by Ben Horowitz. Okay. I read it years ago, probably about the time that I was going through this before, it's basically him telling the story of his company keeps almost going bankrupt, almost going bankrupt, almost going bankrupt. And then he finally gets it going, and then 9 11 happens. And it's just like he is like trying with everything in him to keep this company alive. And he ends up building it back up and selling it for $1.6 billion. Oh like it's gosh. an incredible story of just like underdog scrappy fighting for it. But one of the things he talks about in the book that I am obsessed with is this idea of a wartime general versus a peacetime general, meaning you can be a certain kind of leader when life is great and money's coming in and everything's going the way that it's supposed to. Yes. When you are a wartime general, meaning when we're, you know, our backs up against the wall, we don't know what's coming next, the, the market is shifting by the day, sometimes by the hour. You are a wartime general. You have to decide that this is what we're doing. And people, I, I, this is going to sound so terrible. This is not the time, I think, to go pull the team and see what the team thinks. This is a time for you to step up as a leader and I'm not saying you can't brainstorm with your team. I didn't give my team a choice about what our five objectives are. I absolutely am letting them sort of lead the path on how we achieve those objectives, but I didn't if I had sort of opened it up, it would have turned into this big debate and everyone has an opinion. Does that make sense?
1: A hundred percent. And yeah. I I think that is the best gift you could have given them.
0: It's just like, this is what we're doing.
1: Yes. And you
0: don't like, I, I, because honestly, I think that's what people want right now. And not in a rude way, but just in a like, I know the way. Yes. I am the leader. This is where I see us going. Help me figure out how to get us there. But this is not the
1: time for debate. Also, read that book because I feel okay. like you'll love it. I'm literally will read it this weekend. But Perfect. I, I think that doing the State of the Union address, telling your telling your team, this is what's happening and get ready to lead, like encourage all of them to move it forward like you're doing, I think is 100% needed. And with that, getting back to these tools, Asana or any tool like that you've got to manage your way through it. And so all the action items jumping around right now, everything that's happening, we need a structure. And so that's why we use Asana. Every campaign is in Asana, every action item, every owner, every due date, it's just in there. So highly recommend that if you haven't done that already, get into an online management tool for all of the tasks. The other two tools, Zoom, of course. So you've got to be on video showing your face like we already said. And then the third one is Slack. And so you and I both use Slack. We love it. I call it more of like an instant messaging kind of tool, but with organization. So basically you can jump into Slack and you have different channels. Let's say you have a live event channel and you have um, the Start Today channel like for Rachel and then you have a leadership channel and it's just different channels of how you operate the business. And you can get into the different channels and have quick conversations. Now, where I think most people mess up with Slack is they use it to actually assign action items and tell people what to do. We try to stay away from that because the action items are in Asana and it's a way better system in Asana than Slack. Everything will get lost in Slack when things start going really fast. So we use it for quick conversations of, hey, just to make sure you saw X and a- XYZ just happened. Oh yeah, I'm on it, that kind of thing. Or quick, quick question for you about this campaign. What do you think? Those kind of conversations when you're virtual are really important. They're walking up to someone's desk and asking them a question. But here's the cool thing. Because we are moving remotely right now, when someone walks up to your desk and interrupts you, that context switching, like I was working on something, now I'm not, slows you down incredibly. But now that we're working remotely, I think people are more productive because you don't need to be in Slack every minute. You, I think people should stay out of Slack and then they go into Slack maybe three or four times a day to check in, but you get more work done when you're uninterrupted. And so, right. right, there's something great about that. So have you seen yourself yet? I think it's a little early because we're all frazzled. But have you seen yourself be able to focus a little bit more?
0: Not yet. To be yeah,
1: I know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: I feel like the last 10 days have been like, it feels a bit like triage. Yeah. And I, maybe you're listening to this at home. And that sounds very dramatic to you. But you have to understand that a huge portion of my company's business is in the live event space. Yeah. And just like anybody who is in the live event space, whether you throw concerts or conferences, anything, we're trying to scramble to figure out what does this mean? And should we postpone? And when do we postpone to and nobody has the answer. So it's been a lot of like, how do we continue to serve our community really well? And also plan for a future that we're very unsure about. So it's felt, honestly, the last you know, 10, 11 days have felt a bit like triage. Yep. But I am hopeful that as this truly becomes the new normal, that we can really focus in and get those big projects done um, because we, we aren't interrupted all day. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. TravelTexas.com slash get your own. I would say too, for those of you guys who haven't used Slack yet, even before we were virtual, we were in three different buildings. So um, we bought an office and then we quickly outgrew it and then we had to add a little building next door and then we outgrew that and then we had to rent a place across the street. So we've been in three different buildings for about nine months. And so our Slack channel, beyond this great place to kind of interact and ask people questions, our general Slack is has always been kind of like the hub of our culture. So it is so there are serious things in there, but it is mostly <laughs> just like memes, funny things, <laughs> pumping people up, Agree. People happy birthday. Like our general slack is so freaking fun. And so if you're worried about how to keep the culture alive, there is something beautiful about allowing that to kind of be the place. I remember um when Dave first started working with me. He would see our general sack and be like, what is this? Like someone just shared a music video and like someone else is talking about their favorite recipe for like dip, you know, (laughs) he's coming Disney. So this was just like, what are people using their work time to, to, but it's just these little moments of joy throughout the day. And that is my favorite part about our culture. So I was like, no, no, this is who we are. We're going to let it ride because there's something beautiful about the fact that we can do these big, amazing Needle moving things, but also we're the team who does neon shirt day and puts pictures of it in
1: Slack. Right
0: more important now than
1: ever. It does. And so I was going to say we use Slack for fun a lot and we have different channels of fun even. So we have one channel that is just love notes from our customers and we share all the love that we get. We have another one that's wins. And anytime someone has a a little or big win, we put it in there. But we also have one just for memes and all the fun stuff. And we (laughs) have another one just for a monthly challenge. And we've been doing this for a few months now. Like, One monthly challenge was you had to drink half your weight in water every day, and there were so many videos of people chugging the water. So you'd be so proud. And then like getting enough sleep, or just fun challenges, or healthy challenges, or whatever. But because we don't see each other every day and we don't talk on the phone every day, you gotta have fun, and Slack is the best place to do it.
0: Yeah, I my so I divided the teams, and then I allowed um, when I when I shifted things around, I have each team has a project manager, like the head person is basically a project manager mindset. And then yeah. every team has a lead creative. So those two people are collabing. But the head person's first mission was to get the Asana masterpiece together so that I could, as their leader, see how they plan to navigate the objective that I've just given them. Um, have you ever shared your asana like even a script maybe it would be too much information but I am so curious that like what does a really good asana <laughs> thing look like yes at, I saw like what they put together so far and I'm like this is beautiful it is it's but a work I'm, of art no, no it is yes I'm like I don't know also <laughs> enough about asana to know is is this the right thing Way it's supposed to look? Or well,
1: I don't know what's right, busy? but shout out okay. to Chloe on my team because she puts all, most all Asana project plans together, but they're works of art. She wants to be buried with them. She tells me, and she just <laughs> like freaking loves them, but a really good Asana project. So let's say it was for, to do a special campaign for the start today journals, a really good Asana project plan would have many categories and then under the categories action items. So if it doesn't have a lot of categories, it's not stellar yet.
0: <laughs> I think that I'm going to like screenshot this. And send I can't this to you, And then you're going to be like, yes, that's good. Or
1: no, that's Send it terrible. over. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: Um, so what are what are some of the things that you do personally beyond just like leading the team? What are some of the things that you do personally to stay productive when you're working at home? Because yes. I'm you know, you just heard Dave come in here and ask me a question and there's like kids in the background and. So there is some, I don't really, I don't at all have the separation that I normally do and I can't go to a coffee shop right yeah. now. So okay. what,
1: do you, what do you So think? one thing that I've done from the get go, and I know you just recently did this, is I set up my workspace. So I have a designated, I have an office, but you might not even get to the luxury of having an office just yet because you weren't planning on going home. But I have a, a workspace Uh, put together exactly how I want it. So one, aesthetically, I need to feel creative. So I can't have a bunch of clutter around me or not like what I'm looking at while I'm sitting there working. So I do my very best to have the office set up how I want it. And I also make sure that everyone knows that is my workspace. So I have a husband who's a firefighter and he's home every other day for 24 hours, meaning when he's not working, he thinks that we can sit and chat all day long. And you know, Hobie, he's a talker. And yes. so I have this workspace and and I let him know like, hey, babes, for the next two hours, I'm going to be on this video or I'm going to go work for a few hours. I'll come down and, and say hi a little bit later. I have to check in with him. But for you guys, you might have to check in with the your family or your kids or you have way different situations than me. But I try to have some times work chunks times of uh of just working it doesn't always work out as planned sometimes he thinks he can come in and just chat but i try to be intentional about that and then another thing is i have to the best of my ability uh, morning rituals and work shutdown rituals. And so like you, I know you have really great morning rituals. And for me. Yeah, but
0: I don't have any shutdown rituals. Okay. So,
1: so the shutdown rituals are, are very business minded in the sense of I look at what I had planned to get done that day. Every day I put together, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt and he, he taught me this, but I put together three big action items that come hell or high water, I'm getting them done. And I don't always, but that's my mindset. And so at the end of the day, I get a million things done, but did I get these three most important things done? So I check in with myself, did I get the three things done? So my morning ritual is to identify three uh, big three, we call them the big three for that day. So did I get those done? Number two is I go quickly through Slack to close any open loops and conversations. I go into sauna, Whatever I didn't get done, am I going to move it to the next day or forward or I'm going to not do it at all? So I don't like a... in Asana you'll see if you don't get a bunch of stuff done, you got a lot of red. And so I don't want to start the morning off with a bunch of red from the day before of things that didn't get done. So I move some stuff around. So I check in Asana real quick, I check into Slack, I look at my weekly or my daily big 3, and then I check email really quickly. Emails like my nemesis, but just to make sure I got to important conversations and I shut it down. So these are just quick things you could do this in 10 20 minutes if you want, but I do Have a system for how to shut down the day.
0: So, you just said something that I am very interested in. When you said that you look at your asana tasks, are those things that like Chloe or the team have assigned to you, or are you creating your own special asana whatever yourself for you?
1: Great question. This
0: feels like level 12. I don't even know
1: how to do that. So, 99% of the time, These are tasks that have been assigned to me, but I have a gatekeeper and my gatekeeper is my assistant. So she will make sure that if they get assigned to me, I've got the time to do them um, and I can move around due dates, but my team is putting the tasks in there that we've discussed. So I don't have to go in and create all the stuff for me. So right now, is your team putting them in for you or are you having to put them I'm, in? You're
0: going to lack. So this whole time we've been talking, I've been in Asana like clicking around because I want to understand as you're speaking. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally was <laughs> like, where does one even go to see said <laughs> task?" And then I just clicked on my task.
1: Oh yes. So,
0: um, yes. Okay. So I do have one task as of right now. I'm glad we have this conversation because I didn't know I was supposed
1: to do this thing. So I love great. this. I love this conversation. Yeah. So I, and if it's I read, lo- it's red. Okay. Red so.
0: I'm behind. You're behind.
1: You're behind. (laughs) So if you go, if you go into a sauna for me right now, I might have like 10 things assigned to me today. Some might take two minutes. Some might take way longer, but I can see actually today's Thursday. So I can see Friday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all next week, things are assigned way in advance. And so mine's full, but I didn't do that. My team did, and they're going to pull you in where needed. And, and if you're a one-woman show right now, you're setting up your, all your Asana tasks. I used to yeah. do all of them on my own, and that's cool too. But if you don't know what's coming down the pipeline, you're going to lose your mind over the next few months. But you make a really okay. great point that I want I to wanted just really hit on this, and that is that if you are leading a team in any which way, or if you're just leading yourself, One thing that's so important is you've got to be an example. And so with Rachel saying, I want to be an Asana ninja, I freaking love that because when I started Asana many, many, many years ago, I never got in it and I expected my team to do all of it. And they're looking at me like, well, you're a hypocrite. You're asking us to yeah. like manage everything and you're not getting in there. And I literally would have Chloe take out my tasks that people put in Asana and put them in a Google doc for me because I didn't <laughs> want to get into Asana. And so feels, yeah. yeah. I understand that. You know, so, right. So you kind of have to look at if you're going to start adding some tools because you're working remotely, you got to show up for them and you got to show your team like, look, this is this is how I'm going to use them. I'm in this with you.
0: That's so good. Yeah. Okay, so Asana, it sounds like it's sort of the queen of the land. We all need to learn how to use it better. And, and I would say, too, I'm sure that there are 10 bajillion videos on YouTube right now that people could watch for free that would show them all the ways to, I'm sure Asana itself has like a, here's how to use this, right? Yes.
1: A million percent. And Asana has great how to tools. So don't let it be an excuse. Like this is a new technology. I don't know how to use it. The greatest thing about the world we live in right now is every tool we need, they go above and beyond usually to teach you how to use it. So that part's easy. Um, but let's get back, if you're cool with it, to talk about a little, a few more things that you can do to be more productive when you're working from home. Because I know yes, you please. have a lot of them as well. And I want to hear some of yours because for me, there's this is going to be a silly one. But you know how they say you shouldn't put a TV in your bedroom because it ruins the romance? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we talked about a workspace – I, in most days, do not think you should eat at your desk, kind of like Agreed. the same thing, right? So Agreed. when you bring the food in to eat lunch at your desk and you're working through lunch, you never get a break. You're distracted anyway. And it's just a bad, bad habit. So I really do think you should go down into the kitchen, make a healthy lunch, whatever that looks like for you. If you can go outside, take a moment to, to eat your lunch. I think that it sounds so silly, but it's a big deal. No, it's a super big deal. And in fact,
0: it's actually a rule when we're in our office is that you're not allowed to eat at your desk ever. Oh, like, we have a really beautiful lounge. You can go sit in, go take a walk, go visit a friend like I do not want you because mm-hmm. I just think it's a terrible habit for people. It's not good wellness culture. And so it's something we're hyper aware of. I also think that that is usually the sign like when I ate it, I ate at the desk yesterday because I was it was such an insane day. Yeah, And also remember that I ended up in my bed, like watching mask of Zorro in in the fetal position. So clearly that didn't work. Um, so I totally agree with you. Do not, do not, do not eat at your desk. I, I would also say, so we have an office, we haven't used it a ton. We basically only use it to do our live show each morning. Um, and I'll sometimes write here on the weekends, but I haven't I'm going to get it set up in a way that feels fun and beautiful. haven't gotten there yet, but I do think that there's something really important about whatever the workspace is, leave the work in the workspace.
1: So yes. don't
0: do the like, oh, and I'll just take my laptop back to the bedroom or I'll go sit with the kids. Because I, I will be honest that my biggest concern right now is working out of the house. When will I stop?
1: Uh, you know, like yes,
0: I now I'm up, you know, I'm usually up at 5am. And so I'm like, Oh, I'll just jump in and start working. And it's like six o'clock. I'm like, No, we have a routine that we do, we need to stick to the routine. And it would be very easy for me to work too much. Because at least then I feel like I'm doing something and I'm in control. Um, so my suggestion would be have set hours that you are going to work and leave it in the workspace when it's time to leave. Because you, your life is not work. Like your life, even if you don't have a family that's waiting for you to wrap up, you are not just this thing. And I think it's a really bad mindset just because you're working out of your house to kind of fall into the void of like, I'm just going to work a hundred hours a week now. That's not a healthy answer.
1: Okay. This is a good one. And probably I didn't bring it up because I'm more guilty of just working through into the night, especially with Hobie not being home every night. And I have a son who's almost 18 years old, the stepson. So I don't have the kids and stuff, but that doesn't matter. You could get so burned out if you're working every hour. And that's so interesting, Rach, because when sometimes when I call you or we talk or I see you even on social and it's at nighttime and I'm still working, and you're not, I'm like, wow, that's so great that she's sitting with her family eating or composting now. I know that's your your new thing. <laughs> and so, so now I get it that you would leave an office and you're like, Nope, I left that at the uh, office. Yeah, okay, I had to. this is big guys, because, because I didn't
0: I Yeah, I didn't used to be that way. And I uh, it really, uh, really affected my health. And I just I had to make the decision. And And honestly, it's like this, I always say like, so, you know, when you go, when you're going on vacation and the day before you go, you hustle and you get everything done because you want to be able to rest on vacation. A hundred percent. I think it's the same thing when you give yourself set hours that you will work from home. So if you said to yourself at five o'clock or six o'clock, I am done. I'm not picking up this phone again. Then you will use the last hour of the day to make sure that you're set until tomorrow. Because we talked about this before, like this idea of working on the weekend.
1: Yes. And you don't don't, really.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't like I, I, because I I just feel like I get burnt out and I start to feel bitter and I don't want to feel bitter. I want to be joyful about this work that I'm doing. And the only way that that is possible is if I rest.
1: Okay. I totally agree with that one. 100%. And I think that you are a great example. And here's what I love. You're sharing your weekends that are not work weekends online. I think that's encouraging so many of us to be like, okay, let's have a normal life right now. And then when we get to work, we get to work. To
0: me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition I feel like it's super important because, especially because I don't know how joyful work is going to be for all of us. Right, for a hot minute. It's true. And if you're just sitting there staring at your screen, obsessing, a, you're you're not you're going to be creatively depleted. You're not going to be coming up with great ideas. You're not going to see solutions. You're just going to see all of the problems. And, and so, it's more important than ever to like. That's why I took composting. That's why I planted tomatoes. Well, you know, also, if the world ends, I will be able to grow my own food.
1: (laughs) And you'll have pasta sauce. Thank God. So that's a big deal.
0: I will have pasta sauce. Tell
1: me what you think about this. One of the things when you and I started talking about working from home that I was thinking just like the little tactical things what do you think about doing a load of laundry in between calls and um, cleaning out a drawer here or there Ooh, or, right? The, these are the things that if someone hasn't worked from home, their daily chores in their house are going to pull them into them. Like they're going to be screaming at them.
0: about that before. I am, my gut is like, no. No, right? Just, okay. For me, I have to be super in, I, I, I really... Am best when I am focused in my work. Yes. So if I'm going to write, then I need to write in a batch. If I'm going to do conference calls, I want a conference call in a batch. Uh, So the idea of you know being on this podcast with you and then running and throwing a load of laundry in it actually would be very distracting for me
1: now for the record some people might be saying uh rachel or even amy like you guys have extra help and other people can do your laundry and da da da. extra
0: help right now i
1: just wanted to 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 point that that out to everybody yes
0: (laughs) Yes. mama is doing it all we're doing laundry we're cleaning out the trash we're doing the whole
1: thing yes but i
0: also like man if we're entrepreneurs, like if the business isn't successful, then none of the other stuff like we can't have the house, we can't have the groceries, we can't have those things. And so that feels like a huge focus of time and attention for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm still definitely do I'm just doing them in the evening or in the morning before I sit down to work. It's not to say that I'm not doing those things. I'm just allowing them to kind of rest and pile up. Now, I also understand that I have. I have two things that maybe not everybody has. I have a spouse who is here as well. So we're able to tag team what's going on with the kids. And I also have older kids who are able to entertain the toddler. And I know not everybody has that. I know there are single parents. I know there are people who have toddlers that they're trying to manage and work at the same time, which is a whole other beast. And I've never done that myself. So the only thing that I could give you is hypothetical which is how do you work the work schedule around when the kids are occupied? Um, so I spent a little time on Sunday pulling some different like craft things that I knew the kids could do like that we already had these supplies and that it would occupy, okay, I can get an hour chunk of Ford color painting these rocks yes. for the new garden. I can I can have him occupied in these ways. but if you don't have that option and you do need to work from home, does it look like, as much as this sucks, you have to get up early before the kids wake up and get in a few great hours of focus time. And then when the baby goes down for a nap, you try, you know, it, you're going to have to get creative and you're going to have to be, if you're working for another company, really communicative with them about what it's going to take for you to pull off this work from home, because you working from home and the preschool being closed and like, it's gonna be hard. It's yes. straight up gonna be super hard to do.
1: I love what you just said. I thought that was really important about uh If you are working from home for somebody else and your kids are home and life does not look anything like you thought it would, you do need to communicate like, hey, I'm 100% on board. I'm doing this work from home thing, but I've got two, three kids at home. And so here's what's going on. I think that one, employers are very sensitive to that right now. But if you don't say anything and one, you just get bitter about it or two, you just try to do it all and like literally kill yourself over it. No one's winning there. So I think yeah. we all need to start over communicating right now.
0: Yeah. And basically what I said to the team was we are still keeping regular office hours. So I still want people and working and available from nine to five because I think it's important that we're all there at, at the same time with the exception of people who are at home with little kids and don't have the luxury of like, oh, I can call my hours. That's not something everyone can do. So with those team members, we're just being super flexible about like, hey, they might be up at five o'clock in the morning and then they might be working later on at night to knock out the stuff. The truth is that when you have less time, you can accomplish just as much, if not
1: more. Yes. You just can. You Uh, absolutely can. Totally agree. So I I really think we need to hit that one home that you maybe aren't even working eight hours, but you might be getting more done now. One, because I really do think remote working, you can focus at a deeper level if you set up your your situation to do that. Two, you're right, you have to get scrappy. And if the kids are home, you're not working the regular hours. And then three, there really is that less less context sh- shifting, which I, I mentioned earlier, where you're not getting in and out of conversations as much as you would in the office. So there's, there's, definitely some perks and some uh, great value to working remotely. And and I've actually had both because for a short period of time on my team, we rented a co-working space. And so they were going into the co-working space. I am an introvert. I like to work from home. I like to work alone. <laughs> so I did not go into it. That was another example of as a leader, I was failing in that sense. And so I hated it and we ended up not continuing to do it, but I see the value in both. But right now, all we've got is remote. And so mm-hmm. thinking about ways to, to continue the culture, I think you guys are literally the perfect example of continuing the culture at your dance parties, <laughs> wearing certain things on certain days and having fun in Slack. All of that still has to happen probably a little bit more because people are scared. And, yeah, and I, I think we, I love it too.
0: I forgot that we do is, um, the team hat, there's like a lunch break
1: zoom. So if you want to se- <laughs> stop it, tell me more. <laughs> wanna,
0: it's just like, Hey, we're all going to eat our lunch at the same time with zoom on. Uh, you, like especially for our team members who are single and so they're literally isolated by themselves it yes. gives them a chance to like sit and eat their pasta salad while they talk <laughs> to their co-worker even though they're not in the same room so that's i love this happening.
1: because yeah. at the end of the day your team is going to thrive if one you're over communicating with them two they know what the heck they're supposed to be working on three they know how to work in a remote setting and four they feel really connected to you and everybody else on the team and so i think yeah. those are the things we have to think about.
0: Yeah. And I think part of knowing what your core objectives are right now, that was big, having the tasks assigned means that I'm really not focused on like, is my team working eight hours? I have no idea. All I care about is are they getting done the tasks that have been set before them? Because if everybody knocks out their tasks, then we are everyone's rowing in the same direction. And we're accomplishing what we need to accomplish so that we can survive and thrive no matter what happens.
1: Okay. I love that so much because we, it goes back to, if you do have kids at home and you're like, I cannot get eight hours in right now, but if you're crushing it with those objectives, then it it shouldn't matter the hours. And when everyone's nickeling and diming hours right now, your team's morale is going to go down. So that's the right way to go about it. I love that. Man,
0: thank you so much for having this conversation and answering 10 bajillion
1: questions about what it, okay. what it means. I'm so glad we did because this is my most favorite thing. When you and I get on a call, like just for friends, this is the conversations yeah. we have. Yes. <laughs> this is what so it like, feels like. It
0: is. What does the marketing calendar look like? How yep. does this? Yeah, so this is very, very real. And I think I would encourage you to, if you are listening to this right now, and you're a small business owner or a small business leader, this is not the time to like to hide away. This is the time I am calling all my friends in the live event space. I am calling all my fellow entrepreneur. I'm like, what are you doing? What's the plan? What resources do you have? Who like this is the time to be in community. If you don't already have that established, then go find a group online, join different join your local chamber of commerce. Like, man. Other people might have the answer that you need or might be a resource that will take you through whatever's about to happen to the economy, but you will not survive this if you try and work in a silo and do everything by yourself. This is the time to raise your hand
1: and ask for help. Amen. So well said